The year is 1999. An increase in Microsoft stock makes Bill Gates the wealthiest man in the world. The words blog, texting, and carbon footprint are added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. American rapper Lil Nas X was born in Georgia. Controversial music sharing site Napster is launched. 14 million Furbies are sold. And The Soul Collector premieres on CBS. I'm Hope Carew. And I'm Paige Smith. And, and this, this is History Duffs. Hi, Paige. Hi, Hope. How are you? I'm great. I'm just so happy to be spending this Saturday with you. Me too. Talking about Soul Collector. It's about time. It's about time. Highly requested episode. People have been hounding us in our DMs. Um, knocks on the door, actually. Yeah, this is going to be a big one. I can feel it. Yeah. Um, so this movie came out in 1999. Where were you, Hope? Okay, so it's October 24th, 1999. It is two days after my mom's birthday, and I am in kindergarten in Marco Island, Florida, where I lived for one random year of my life, and I was obsessed with Pokemon that year. Wow. I didn't know mm -hmm. that you ever lived in Florida. There's a lot you don't know about me, Paige. And that's why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast. I try to keep the Florida thing on the DL, you know, because Florida has such a crazy reputation, but Yeah, and I feel like it doesn't represent you. You know? And yet, and yet it does. There is a picture of me, like, in, like, a white tank top with, like, dirt on my face in front of an American flag, <laughs> like, at my elementary school. That's, like, so Florida. <laughs> I love that. That is very Florida. Yeah, I also had a broken leg at this time. So oh that's gosh. what we can say. That was what was going on with me in 1999. Thrilling. Yeah. What about you? Where were you? I was still in Washington State. It was actually the day after my brother's seventh birthday. Well, yeah. I didn't realize that your brother and my mom were almost twins. Almost. almost. That's how that works. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was still in Washington and still pouring things, still pouring dry rice. I think, what age do you start kindergarten? I was five and I'm a great older than you. So, so I was, well, I was probably five as well. Well, you wish. So I guess I was in kindergarten, Mrs. Young's class. Ooh, I was in Miss Madonna's class. <laughs> you had your turn. <laughs> okay, fine, then I won't tell the story about how I peed well, my pants in Miss Madonna's class. I guess I just won't tell that story. You can add things as long as they don't sound cooler than my things. What, I mean... Like it, our teachers' names, for example. Yeah, and well, to be fair, peeing your pants is very cool. Um, but when I was in kindergarten, they had me originally in the afternoon kindergarten class. Okay. But Night owl. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one other student in kindergarten who could read, and she was in the morning kindergarten class, so they switched me to the morning kindergarten class so I could be with the other girl who, who could read. Because you could read? <laughs> mm hmm Okay. So it was like your parents were like, we want her to be around smart kids? It wasn't my parents. It was the teacher. Oh, it was and the, the teacher. School. They said, let's put those two together. And wow. she was my first best friend. Aw. Shout out to Haley. <laughs> hey, Haley, if you're out there, Paige is sending you love. Oh, it was just your birthday. Happy birthday, Haley. Happy birthday to Haley. This, um, this podcast is sponsored by Haley's birthday. <laughs> I famously could not read for a long time. Yeah. To like mid mid first grade and I had to go to special reading and it did take place in a closet very similar to the one that we're podcasting in. 
You mean this loft? This huge, giant... This giant loft. They say that it's actually best to record in a really open, lofted space, which is where Paige and I are now. For the acoustics. For the acoustics. <laughs> okay, so what is your relationship with this movie? I can assume it's a serious one. It is, yeah. Long, storied history. Um, no, I had never seen it. Didn't really know it existed until we decided to do this podcast. Yeah. Okay, well, same. Yeah. Same. I, I watched it for the first time today. Well, I think it's exciting because we know Hilary Duff's movies so well that this one is a new one. A new nugget of surprise <laughs> in every bite. Yeah. I will say this movie is a whole lot of movie for not a lot of Duff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to... She's only in seven scenes. Yeah, and that shows. And it shows. But she delivers. Steals. She steals all seven of those scenes. She does. Okay, so... This was one year after the release of Casper Meets Wendy, and Hillary had done a couple of projects as an extra at okay. this point. Um, she did True Women, which we talked about last time, and a movie called Playing by Heart. Um, but this was her second like speaking role, her second real role in a movie. No mm-hmm. shade to background actors. We love your art. Um, you matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> background actors matter. But um, for her portrayal of Ellie in The Soul Collector, Hillary received a Young Artist Award for Best Performance in a TV Movie or Pilot Supporting Young Actress. Wow. That was her official award. And she was actually nominated for a Young Artist Award for Casper Meets Wendy, um, but she didn't get it. She did get it this year, which is exciting. Finally. Finally, the (laughs) queen gets her due. I wonder who snapped it from her. But something that I found interesting was that just... 15 months after the release of The Soul Collector, mm-hmm. Lizzie McGuire would premiere on the Disney Channel. Oh my gosh. 15 months and she rocketed to fame. She seemed so young in this movie. Yeah. And she was. She was young in Lizzie McGuire as well. But yeah, it was only 15 years after. 15 years. <laughs> it was just a short 15 years. <laughs> 15 months later. Um, is when Liz McGuire would come out. Yeah, actually, my roommate walked by when I was watching this movie and goes, look at Hillary. She has no idea that she's about to be a superstar with her whole career in front of her. But the rest of us did. The rest you, of us did. Watching that movie, you can see it. You can absolutely see it. And it's like kind of a strange role, the role of Ellie. You think? Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. You have a synopsis for us. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Let me explain this. Whenever you're ready. Take your this time. This classic. This classic film. Zachariah makes a few mistakes, and it is decided that he is to live as a human being for 30 days. Mordecai is his supervisor. Rebecca's husband died, and Zachariah, the soul collector, or angel of death, helped him to make the transition between heaven and earth. There are some complications with Rebecca's farm, and Zachariah helps her out. That's the movie. That is the movie. That's an accurate synopsis. Did you write this one? I did not. Okay. Um, I'd like to give credit to Rosemia D.S. <laughs> McPherson. And this was based on a book. It was. Yes, I saw that. The author, Kathleen Kane, also has a different name, like a, a pen name that she writes under for her like Harlequin novels, which I think is interesting because this is more of like a... Christian drama fantasy romance. Well, there was a lot of sex in it, which we'll get to later. I was shocked. I Yeah. Because you're right. It was very Christian themed. Yeah. Definitely a lot of premarital sex for a a Christian movie. Yeah. I really wanted to read the book before 
recording this podcast, but <laughs> I watched the movie for the first time yesterday, so I was like, mm, maybe I won't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you're going to read the book still? No. I just wanted to read it for the sake of the podcast. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. I think I'm going to read... I'm finding some Hillary Duff, like, unauthorized biographies out there. I think I'm going to press buy now pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so getting into The Soul Collector, um, one of the things that stood out to me (laughs) was the lack of logic the rules, the inconsistencies uh-huh. in this universe. Right. I don't know if you noticed any of those as well. Well, it's definitely a lot of stuff was happening very quickly that I didn't understand, including at the very beginning. It kind of seems like he is a pager. Yes, he does. He and does I, didn't, I didn't see the pager later on in the movie. No, well, he had the pager as the soul collector. Right. And that was before he got banished to Earth to live as a human. The, the pager lets him know when there's a soul that needs to be collected. And his pager was going off, but he was pretending to gamble. Yeah, that was the other thing, is that his hands didn't go through. So I'm like, can he even, like, masquerade as a human? Like, it's very... Oh, no, no, no. He can't, so he can't. No, 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 so... He's just pretending to gamble. Hold on, you just read the synopsis. (laughs) I did. Let me explain it. He is not a human, he's the soul collector. So in the opening scene, he is gambling... But not really. Nobody can see him. He's just standing there. He can't pick up the dice because he's not an actual human. Right. So he pretends to pick him up and he pretends like he's gambling. And it's only after that that he gets banished to live as a human for 30 days. Right. Just imagine writing a movie with that being your your opening introduction of a, I don't know, a meandering soul collector. Like, his few mistakes. It's funny, like... So the guy is dying, and then the soul collector doesn't get his soul, so then he just lives. Right. That's one of the things that I noticed. I, They are supposed to be the good guys, mm-hmm. but they're very clearly the bad guys. Yeah, because they're they're the angels of death. And that's what, that opening scene, it shows this man dying and his wife, like, crying and obviously not wanting him to die. Yes. So then the fact that he's slacking on the job means that he can live and yeah. we see his wife like have this moment of relief yeah and then mordecai who's you know his basically the um morgan freeman character he's not god no but you know what i'm saying he's like the wise like the wizened voice yeah, of reason it's it's a trope called the magical negro it's oh my like gosh. a well-known, oh, okay. I did not uh, like realize stock that. character. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, it's actually coming back to my my theater education. I'm like, okay, yes. Yeah. So, very interesting. Yeah. So and that's I, his role in this movie. I thought it was too much. I I think that that guy should not be visiting him every single day. Well, another aspect of it that didn't make any sense was once Zachariah becomes a human, he has no memory of being the soul collector. He does not remember anything. He says, I can't remember what happened yesterday. He doesn't know where he's from, how he wound up on this farm for several days. But then when Mordecai comes to visit him, he remembers everything. Oh, I think... But it's not, it's not a moment of realization. He's like, how could you do this to me? Like, like, and then he just goes on remembering the rest of the movie. Okay. I interpreted that differently. I interpreted that as he did remember, but he had to pretend like he didn't because he couldn't think of a backstory. No. That's what I thought, too. But he goes... He touches the fire because he doesn't know that it hurts, and he, like... But I think that's just because he's never been human before. 
So he doesn't know that those things hurt. For sure, which is how I thought it was until it kept going on. And he is like a completely different person because he's kind of a dick when he's a soul collector. But then when he's on Earth, he's like, I'm happy to help. I want to help on this farm and I'm going to build you a fence. It, his character was all over the place. Exactly. And him like pretending to be drunk was also very strange. Like the angel Mordecai was more upset with him drinking alcohol. He's like, we sent you here so that you could learn empathy. Not about alcohol. Right, which is just a flawed plan to begin with. Because (laughs) when he learns empathy, he realizes that he doesn't want to collect souls of people. And, like, he's like, I never thought about all the people who are left behind on Earth. Yeah. So the plan very much backfires. Yeah, absolutely. And he has a very good point where he keeps saying to Mordecai, I'm learning empathy and I'm realizing that when I leave, it'll hurt these people. It'll hurt them. Right. And he's like, so how is that compassionate? Exactly. But that's not the moral of the movie. That's not the lesson yeah. that is ultimately learned. What do, you, what do you feel like the lesson is? I don't know. <laughs> the movie was very directionless in that way. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think the book probably does a really good job of explaining because there's a lot more, you know, you can just get a lot deeper with it when there's a book. Um, but they didn't explain it very well in the condensed screenplay version. Which is why we're recommending that all of our listeners read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it comes highly recommended. It comes highly recommended from us. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to read it. Sorry again, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It is crazy, too, because they're like, there are these grand plans and, like, we can't change them. And then he's, as he points out, he's like, well, we've changed them in the past. And then, I mean, this is the end of the movie, but can I talk about that? Sure. Okay, I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler, but the kid almost <laughs> dies, and they're like, actually, we've decided that you, you can stay and tend to Danny's life. And I'm like, wait, so you guys were just going to kill this kid, and then at the on a whim, you're deciding that actually, no, well, he can grow up? Like, that's insane. So it wasn't the kid who almost died. Zachariah saves his life, and Zachariah almost dies. Yes. And they say Zachariah can stay and help the kid grow up. Yeah, because but the original plan was for Danny to die. We don't know. No, it was because he was like, you don't know what you did by saving him. Oh, that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, cause he like sacrifices himself. Where it's like, why I were thought they just you were gonna... referring to the fact that they let him go on living like a human. Oh yeah, no, I mean that was cool. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that was cool of them. This whole movie was just really bizarre. Yeah, and even some parts where they would outwardly address it, there was, like, not a real answer. Like, I think of um, when he injures his hand and he heals himself, his body, like, heals itself. (laughs) Yeah. Later, he's like... uh, When Mordecai comes back, he's like, yeah, it only sometimes works. Yes! Sometimes you heal yourself and sometimes you don't. Yeah, and he's getting shot and he's just walking straight at the gun and it's like, okay. But why not just make it that you always can heal yourself. <laughs> What's the point in addressing? Because they were like, we need to make sure that he dies in a car accident later. It was so goofy. <laughs> did not make any sense. Um, no, it really didn't. And another part of this movie that didn't make any sense to me is like, I thought it was really sad that Helen died. I, but what didn't make sense to me is that as she's passing away, her very last words to her family are, I love you, Rebecca which is her best friend, and she completely ignores her daughter. Well, she had already said goodbye to Ellie. They had a whole moment before, before Rebecca got there. Oh, they did? Yeah, when she was like, just think of me as an angel on your shoulder. Okay, maybe I... 
Maybe I just blacked that out because I'm like, it's pretty <laughs> weird for your last words to be to your bestie when your kid is there and your husband. Um, another thing that I just could not get past. I'm sorry. To, it feels like so negative up top, but another thing that I really couldn't get over when Zachariah shows up on this farm, Charlie is like, I know you from somewhere. I've seen yes. you before. <laughs> and it turns out he had seen Zachariah show up to collect Sam's soul. Ellie's and father, or Rebecca's husband. Rebecca's not, husband. Rebecca's um, late husband, yeah. Right. Um, and then later at the end, when Helen dies, he somehow uses his power to let Al- Ellie and Rebecca see And Tom see. Her. Yeah. He goes, I did that as a gift. I'm like, how did no, you I know, do but that? He uses his power to see her, like, her soul come out of her body and see the soul collector. And they're all like, wow. <laughs> but what? So sometimes we can see them. Sometimes we can. Yeah. Who decides? And also when he's made into a human, how does he still have these powers? Because he was like, I'm the one who made that happen. And I'm like, with what? And that goes with the healing yourself thing too. Like yeah. it doesn't, it's just, yeah, not the a he- lot of logic. Yeah. And then being able to see Mordecai, like, I mean, I guess maybe that does make sense, but truly not a lot of logic. I did love the green screen though, at the very beginning when they like cast him into life as a human and like the green screen kind of goes behind him. Like the world is like, Ooh. Oh, I didn't, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't. Oh, it was a really good special effect. <laughs> I wish this was the Casper episode. It was right up there. You can still talk, <laughs> you can still talk about it. I mean, it's just that one. Um, I liked the ghosty special effects. Okay, so something I have been dying to talk to you about, Paige, <laughs> is the movie that this movie reminds me of. Okay. Which is another ranch movie um, with some Disney Channel roots or ties. It is the classic Lawrence Brothers movie, Horse Sense. Okay, that was the first ranch movie that popped into my head, but can you explain? I guess it's maybe just because... They're also losing the ranch. And I think that's the plot of every ranch movie I've ever seen. And I would just love to see a ranch movie where they're not going to lose the ranch. And there's another problem. Well, yeah, they're thriving. I was talking to my friend yesterday. We watched um, Deep Water, that new Ben Affleck, Ana de Armas movie. Uh And we were talking about when people are always like, couples in movies, they're always so toxic. I just want to watch a movie about a happy couple. And we were like, yeah, so you want to watch a movie that just has no conflict. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just happy and getting along. Yes. And we decided you can have movies about happy couples, um, but there has to be a different problem. Yeah. And I almost feel like with ranch movies, it wouldn't be set on a ranch if the <laughs> ranch wasn't the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're saying their lives are perfect, but the ranch is the problem. Well, there has to be some sort of conflict or right. there's not a, a movie, you know? Yeah, but... I- but it could it could be it could be that they're in a toxic relationship, <laughs> for example. I do totally agree with like wanting movies to have less conflict. And I always felt like when I was a kid, I was like, Harry Potter would be so much better without Voldemort. Like I didn't want I don't want any of that. I don't want the battles. I don't want You're I just like, want I just good wanna... vibes. I want to hear about them going to class and doing magic and no one's stressed out and no one's in danger. They're just living their best lives. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of television that I want, and I think they make it for children. <laughs> but even then, there has to be some sort of conflict. Yeah. You know, they missed the big test, or mm. they can't go to the dance because they've got to help their parents at the restaurant. <sighs> if I had a nickel. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, well, that's the kind of conflict I can t- I can handle. Um, what other, are there any other horse sense uh, parallels? Um, really, no. Okay. <laughs> Just, I think, maybe the only other ranch movie I've ever seen. Except for the movie I did watch with Chloe from Dance Moms. She's in a ranch movie. Is she? Yeah. I watched it when I was a nanny. Like, it, it's not a great movie. It's great for for 10-year-olds. I think Bailey Madison is also in it. You heard it here first, folks. History Duff Season 2. Chloe Lukasiak Season. <laughs> gonna go through her filmography. <laughs> I think that she was robbed of a role in West Side Story. Oh, don't even get me started. I, I'm getting you started. I'm still Team Chloe to this yeah. day. She's a great girl. Absolutely. Um, okay, we can't... We teased it a little at the beginning, but we just have to talk about all the sex in this movie. <laughs> we really, really... It was egregious. <laughs> it, so much more and longer scenes than I expected. And in, and a really gratuitous nipple shot of, of Bruce Greenwood's nipple and of her kissing his nipple in the bar. And I was like, whoa, yes. I don't need this. It very much gave, like, the target audience for this was definitely, like, housewives. You yes. know, like... Uh, Grandmothers. Kids are in bed and I'm going to turn turn on this steamy <laughs> CBS movie. About how also I love God. Right. But I, I'm not, but it's but not vaguely, like a, Vaguely. Yeah. We're not going to say there's a God. We're just going to talk about heaven and the afterlife. But yeah. it's not, it's definitely non-denominational. There is a crucifix on the wall, but we're not talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're just yeah. singing for he's a jolly good fellow, which is so, my favorite thing to happen in a movie ever. I love when they sing that song. Well, yeah, because they can't. Because they, they can't get the rights. And we can't even say those words because they're copyrighted. They can now, actually. No, I'm just kidding. No, it used to be um, the, the owner gave up. It's, it's public domain now. Yes, the sisters. Well, I wasn't saying it for your sake. <laughs> oh, oh. But I was trying to imply that we weren't even allowed to say happy birthday. I know, I know. Shit. <laughs> so... The first thing that... <laughs> I'm just thinking about the sex. But can you share with us? <laughs> the nipple. I already did share. I'm just still laughing about it. <laughs> and her long red hair. And it's like, he's like petting her hair afterwards. And they're in the barn. It's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it got to the point where it was just every time they saw each other, they had to bang. Yes. And it really kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. They'd be in the kitchen and he'd walk in and then they'd just bang. No words, just bang. And then they'd in the, just they're, in, they're in the barn. They bang in the barn. They they bang in the barn hard. And then they go up to her like really fancy bedroom with the fireplace, and they bang in there too. Yeah, they're banging all over, all over this farm. I mean, if you're gonna lose it, you better use it. You know, <laughs> if you're gonna lose it, the the farm. Oh, <laughs> you brought it up. No, that makes sense. I thought it was. Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, they have sex immediately after her sister dies. Okay, it is her best friend. Sorry. Her, the, her best friend she grew up with yes. and lives with. And lives with in a very kind of strange family situation. I could not figure out. There were just a lot of adult men and no answers. And yeah. then, like, a boyfriend, kind of, it seemed like they were trying to imply that he was her boyfriend. But 
we, we, there was also that vibe that she's not interested in this. Yeah, Jake, he was pining after her, and he sort of was like, I'll give you time. You know, your husband just died. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. Um, and she never was ready. She never him. was ready. She's not, she didn't, she wasn't interested in him. At first, I will say, I did think he was her brother. I was very kind of confused by the relations. It, the whole, and then when he started massaging her, I was like, I really hope that's not her brother. Yeah, all the relationships in this were just very confusing. Yeah, and you know what? Why explain them? But that love triangle with Zach and Jake and mm-hmm. Rebecca did remind me of Casper, Josh, and Wendy. It literally, I was going to say the same thing where we kind of learned the same lesson of like a man not being able to take no for an answer. And there's the element of him being like a ghost slash soul collector. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. other person is a soul collector. Exactly. Wow, that is so funny. Um, The last thing I have to say on this topic, the their very first kiss it's like a classic movie moment. She's like, oh, yeah, I just can't sleep. I love to come out and look at the moon or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they start to dance. Oh, yeah, okay. their hands touch, and he goes, I always wanted to do this. Yes, they and they dance. And they no dance. music, which I, I love when that happens. Um, but they kiss. It's a really hot, steamy kiss. But when they pull away, there's a strand of spit oh, God. that is so long and so strong. <laughs> I thought they maybe added it in post. I was like, is this her soul coming out of her body? Like, what could this be? It looks like the kiss from Not Another Teen Movie. Uh-huh. That's, like, all that spit. Yeah. It was, you thought it was maybe her soul, like, Dementor style. Like, it was so out long. <laughs> and nobody was like, we should do that again. <laughs> I, could, I, I had to rewatch it, like, four times. I, I love like, no the way. idea of them adding it in post. Them being well, like... Do you ever feel like this this kiss didn't have enough spit in it? But no, like you were saying, like Dementor style, like her, something. <laughs> so it, would, it was so obvious and so big and so long and so strong. <laughs> and I was like, this can't just be spit. There's something more to this. <laughs> nope. It's sturdier than spit. It was insane. Rewatch it. <laughs> I have to. You absolutely have I... to. <laughs> okay, gotta go. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Um. So... I do want to hear. You told me you found a movie review, and yeah. I really am curious to, to hear about okay, this. Okay, so this is the top review on IMDb. How many reviews are there? I didn't even look. Um, 17. Wow. There are 17, but this is the one that I'm going to go with. Who wrote it? Wardlow. I love their work. Yeah. They wrote it, and it seems like they wrote it on October 23rd, 1999, which is impossible because that's the day before the movie came out. So Maybe they got a screener. Well, okay, so I'm going to read it. it. First of all, it's 7 out of 10 stars. A good movie filmed in the great town of Bastrop, Texas. All in all, this was not a bad movie. Earlier in the year, I attended some of the taping of this film and realized what a lot of work it was. A great job done by Melissa Gilbert and Bruce Greenwood, and of course Bruce Greenwood. Oh, <laughs> Bruce... no, I genuinely didn't know if that's what it said. No, 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 it was me. <laughs> okay, that was me and Bruce Greenwood, and of course filmed in a wonderful location. The theme was rather familiar, but whoever caught this movie on TV didn't waste any of their time. And just a little advice: visit Bastrop, Texas, someday. It is right next to the great town of Austin. I think it's clearly the owner of this location wrote wrote yeah, this or review. Or like the mayor of Bastrop. I, yeah, absolutely. Like this is a Bastrop business owner. 
have you been to Bastrop? I I actually called my mom and I said, where was I in October 24th, 1999? And then I go, what is my relationship with Bastrop? <laughs> because I thought maybe I went to the DMV there to get my driver's license, but I actually went to Marble Falls. So uh. I think I've been to Bastrop. I think I've been hiking there or camping. I've done something weird in Bastrop. What about you? I've been to Bastrop. I believe in high school we would play Bastrop high schools and sports and things. Um, it's fine. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I do. I did find another uh, review. I just want to leave. I just want to say this. What a lovely, kind film. 10 out of 10 stars. So maybe the top review is just on who voted on who liked it the most. But I'm surprised by the negative comments on some of the reviews here. I must have watched the film at a good time in my life because my elderly mother, my sister, and my adult daughter watched this film with me. I found it to be a gentle, kind film that was touching, and we can't wait for a DVD to become available. There's a lot more, but I do like that we find out the audience being elderly mother, mother, and granddaughter. That is exactly what I thought, which is why the amount of sex is awkward, too. Exactly. Because it's like, what is this if not a family movie? And then suddenly there's several steamy sex scenes. I thought this movie was about God. Like, I thought this was a youth group movie. I could not agree more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all in all, Hillary killed killed with her role. She killed. She She's killed. She's a murderer. She, she was the, the reason the Soul Collector was there. Yeah, no, she did a great job, and her, her reward was well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah, I wonder who she was up against um, and if they've ever recovered. <laughs> Well, they have to understand, you know. They I mean, yeah, when you're up against a star. I did like that she wore a hat in this movie. It felt like, oh, she doesn't even know that she's going to become, like, an iconic hat wearer. She does have a lot of good hats later in her life. Yeah, she also has a hat in Casper and Wendy. Yeah, several. A hat and a hood, yeah. Several. She looks great in a hat. Um, But, yeah, all in all, she was on screen for less than four minutes, something like three minutes of the movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But she killed it. Those seven scenes. <laughs> Which most of them were just her, like, walking through. Yeah, I really feel like she's such a natural, though. Like, she was great in the the very first scene where she's like, can we eat the cake, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're just a natural. And honestly, her style, that was, like, exactly my style. The braids. Mm-hmm. The, the overalls. It looked like Wendy in, in an alternate universe where she was not a witch, but yes. instead a farm kid. <laughs> a farm kid. I would love to see that, um... I would love to see the three witches uh, working the farm <laughs> as the cattle. I was going to say the that. the cattle hands. Oh, I was going to say they were the cattle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the missing cattle, which yeah. I guess we kind of got an answer on that, but that was kind of strange. Oh, we got an answer. It was stolen. Yeah. And Jake was behind Jake it. Jake was behind it. The bad Better love review. interest. Yeah. But I don't like he was like, I was doing it for you. It's like, how? Right. I think he was trying to just make her happy, get her off the farm. I don't know. Uh, he was a manipulative guy, and I'm glad I'm glad that she said bye-bye, sucker. <laughs> so now is the time where we would normally rank Hillary's love interest, but luckily, in this movie, she had none. Yeah, which we agree was appropriate, because she's a child. There was another boy her age, but there was no romance vibes, thankfully. No. They were, I thought they were siblings at first. Yeah, I thought and they were cousins. cousins. And I think they're just kind of being raised as cousins. Yeah. Which is a little confusing, but... But the actor um, goes on to be in Seventh Heaven, which is one of those shows that 
I bring up yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get Paige to stop talking about Seventh Heaven. Yeah, he played Peter, who was Ruthie's boyfriend, the youngest. <gasps> wow. And mm-hmm. where did he rank as one of Ruthie's love interests? She only had a few. And he was like the good, he was like the Dean, the Dean Forrester. Okay. And then she moved on to like a Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Peter. I always liked Peter. Okay. The good boy. <laughs> yeah. He had kind of a sad backstory, you know. Oh, love is tragic backstory. <laughs> exactly. So my type. Okay. So now it's time for a deleted scene with our friend and a comedian from Austin, Texas, Tyler Gross. So Tyler is the host of the Tyler is Gross podcast. That's G-R-O-C-E like grocer. Um, You can catch him live in Austin, Texas at the Big Bash Friday the 13th at the Hideout Theater. And for more show information about where he's playing in Austin, you can follow him on Instagram at TJ Gross. Uh, Tyler and I had a lot of fun recording this. I will say he didn't seem to understand the movie very well, and he really clung on to the fact that Zachariah was an ethereal being. Um, So that being said, please enjoy our interpretation of The Soul Collector. This is is off the rails. Okay, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm excited. Okay. So this is the... This is our note from Paige. And, th- and I haven't read this script either. Okay. So we're doing this together for the first time. Okay. A note. This is a reimagining of the scene where Rebecca and Zachariah meet for the first time. So that's the sexy redheaded lady and mm-hmm. um, the angel of death. Yeah. It is intended to be recited in thick Southern accents. It's also expected that the performers make any and all sound effects. Okay. Wow. Paige is bossy. Paige is so bossy. Okay. I think she just has a vision and I respect it. No, she does. She absolutely does have a vision. A note. This is a reimagining of the scene where Rebecca and Zachariah meet for the first time. It is intended to be recited in thick Southern accents. It's also expected that the performers make any and all sound effects. I just realized I don't know how to make the sound of a gun cocking, but I guess it's going to be a little bit like, <laughs> Who the hell are you? And what are you doing on my property? You can call me any normal man name. How about Zachariah? What are you doing on my cattle farm? Tell me or I'll shoot. Go ahead, I'd love to see what a bullet could do to this fleshy body I've acquired. Where the hell did you come from, Zachariah? Uh, 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 I don't um the sky. Hmm. You're not like other guys. Something different about you. I can't quite put my finger on it. You're almost holy. Did you know that my husband is dead? Is that so? It is so. A tragic accident. Right there. Where you're standing. 
who was your husband? Was he in yes. him, with him, and in him? You wouldn't know him. There are lots of things I don't know. <laughs> Slurp. Hi, what's that you're eating? Chicken noodle soup. I'm a soup collector. Forever and ever. Would you like some? I can't. I'm allergic. Severely allergic. Me too. <gasps> Please rise. Anyway, I should be going. Back to the sky? So soon? Yes, if you ever find yourself up there, look me up. When you get back, say hello to my dead husband for me. I wouldn't even know where to find him. Clip, clap, clip, clap, clip. Zachariah, thank you. Thank me for what? Everything. It was my pleasure. You know, if you wanted, you could stay for a while, help take care of the cows, and maybe build us a fence and farm with my youngins. That's what I call my children. Maybe you could even make love to me in that barn over there, or in my kitchen, or in my master bedroom with the fireplace. Shut up and kiss me now. Here, now, in front of all of my cattle? Ooh. Oh, yes. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes, oh yes, let them watch. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes, oh yes, let them watch. Good Lord, let all the cattle let me watch. Amen. Amen. And seen. Thank you. Well, that was amazing. I feel like we really um I feel like we took the source material and really made it our own on that one. I think what I think we really reached the essence of what was, you know, like one plus one equals three. I think we really made it more than what. Right. Like if we took me by me by myself, you by yourself, script by itself, not good enough, but all together. Mm, um, but it's really it's really been a pleasure. It has. It has. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. I know that you've always been a huge Hillary Duff fan. Yeah. So Lizzie I know McGuire. it was important for you to get on. Yeah. Like you, yeah. I'm glad and you, you kept begging me and texting me and saying, Hope, when can I be on the podcast? And I'm glad we could finally, yeah. you know, squeeze you in. And you know, I, if I, if I may, if I may share a Hillary Duff memory I have, I, I remember um, Please. when not, this is obviously I never got to meet, um, the queen herself but i i did i whenever i watched the lizzie mcguire christmas special where she um got to kiss aaron carter um got to kiss <laughs> that was really what do you mean got to kiss 
I don't know. It's just funny. She was like, got to kiss. She, she got to kiss Aaron Carter. And I, I remember loving Aaron Carter at the time. And I loved Hillary Duff. And to see these two juggernauts, these two sons in my life at the time, come together and, and merge body and soul with a prepubescent kiss on the lips was just <laughs> something I never had experienced up to that point or experienced to this day. So I just wanted wow. to express Thank you that so much for sharing that. And where I knew that it, this was safe to share yes. that memory and my yes. feelings towards that moment. So safe and celebrated, safe and yes. celebrated. Wow. <laughs> did you like that? I, is that uh, what you I envisioned did. when you wrote the scene? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. When I said Southern accent, I meant ethereal singing. Yeah. Uh, Priest-like. Hymnals. Almost. Hymnals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Tyler interpreted your prompt perfectly, and I'm so grateful that he was able to join us for the show. I think you gave him great direction. <laughs> well, I am nothing if not a direct, a director, a directress, if a directress. you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this was a great episode. It um, was. The Soul Collector is now one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Next week, we will be uh, putting out two more episodes, Human Nature and Cadet Kelly, so subscribe so you don't miss those. And um, follow us on TikTok. Come on, you know you want to. We're so pretty. (laughs) We also have an Instagram, so join us over there as well. Amazing. Well, I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And And this this is History Doves. Doves.